on Wednesday, December 2nd, hashtag Mark finally pooped was trending on Twitter. <laughs> Again in the hospital for an impacting bowel, the victory cries rally for his success on the shitter. <laughs> Do I have anything else to add? Not really. I just thought a supposed Pop-Tart-induced intestinal obstruction would make for a great non-sequitur. <laughs> Let me give you some inside knowledge. Running a weekly, well, bi-weekly podcast as a semi-funny faux-intellectual can be quite the dredge. First you find a topic in a sea of passing events. Then you see if your co-hosts are interested. And on the slim chance everyone is able to record, you spend 20 fucking minutes trying to come up with a fucking quip. <laughs> now, I know I'm exaggerating quite a bit here, but it's the same fear whenever we re whenever recording days draw near. We deserve a fun episode once in a while, a performative endeavor imbued with our own creative style. Anyways, I must apologize for this lengthy cold open. But before I get this poetry slam kicked off from this standstill, thank you, and welcome back to Bros in a Landfill. All right. Poetry! Poetry Slam 2020! Best year for poetry! So, if you couldn't um, tell by um, that little um, performance thing I did for our lovely audience, we're, we're doing a Poetry Slam today, Lunch and I. Hell uh, Lunch yeah. Has some ex Lunch has some experience um, actually performing poetry in front of live audiences. I have some uh, uh, experience writing poetry for high school. Um. And I, I thought it'd be fun to express our creative endeavors on this recorded medium that we've been doing for over a year. Almost 100 episodes. Damn. I mean, and when you put it like that, it's kind of strange that we uh, we haven't done one before because I love poetry. I, I, I've actually been doing, I just checked this morning. I, I went and looked up the date of my first poem that I performed. And uh, apparently I've been doing this for five years. Oh my god. Uh but you know first of all maybe we should talk a little bit about what slam poetry is. Not that it's that complicated, but uh slam poetry is basically regular poetry but uh designed to be performed uh in front of an audience or two other people. Um there, you might also call it uh, spoken word poetry or performance poetry. All these terms are kind of pretty much the same thing and um i definitely gravitated to this a lot more than regular poetry like i was never super interested in it because it was so like and i've come to like it a bit more now but you know when you think of poetry you think it's like quite cryptic and uh very contemplative and like something that is not necessarily mega exciting um it's a bit more of an acquired taste i think for most people um with performative poetry um it's really fun to see like the energy of the person uh to see them embody their work in some way and um I liked how it kind of felt like a communal um like like a form where you can be honest where you can express yourself and be a bit ridiculous um because it's such a loose art form it's not like it has to rhyme it doesn't have to fit a particular theme you just gotta go up on stage and and say something and it's often uh something that's really gut-wrenchingly personal and moving or even like unpleasant in a sad way or it's hilarious or some weird insight um everyone comes to it differently and i think it's great 
Yeah, you've you've shared some of your um uh rec the recordings of your performances to um the and the bro channel. I don't remember if you put them in the public channel, but like I know you've posted some of them online and shared. Um, one of the ones I always end up going back and thinking about um is your and I don't know if I don't necessarily think you're going to be doing that one today just because of the um setup, but your whole poem on your um sexual frustration was something that really like sparked the interest in me to like actually like do some more performative poetry then um COVID hit and then you know ah. <laughs> oh, well I mean that's uh that's really nice to hear actually um I, I, are you talking about the one where I like talk to a a Bluetooth yeah. speaker <laughs> yeah that one was a... <laughs> right there's an example of how uh, it can be a little bit the format is so loose because like I I did like a poem but I also had like a like I recorded myself speaking from a speaker and like had a conversation with an object. It was pretty weird. It was pretty high concept. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you get m much more high concept than that with um, uh, um, a poem. I mean, the whole journey. Like, I don't want to. I I don't know if um I want to spoil it for the audience just because um, I think it's something that really needs to be experienced. Um, but. The whole narrative structure of your performance was, uh, I think, like, just cool and inspiring, you know? Thank and you. I'm glad, and, and I'm glad that I can have this opportunity to try to grow my own poetry um, here. I don't think I'll ever do something quite as experimental as that, but at the same time, like, it was such a unique setup that, like, I don't necessarily know how someone could... Um, do something similar without just straight off ripping. Yeah, it it is one of my more uh, out of left field ideas. I don't really know where it came from, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thanks. Well, I mean, I uh, I actually had a lot of people talk to me after that poem in some way, being like, "Hey, like, I really related to that." And at the time, I was super nervous to one like talk about that subject personally and to perform it in a ridiculous way because like you said it was about sexual frustration i was like this is really embarrassing it's really vulnerable and i just feel pathetic um and then after i did it, a lot of people were like seemed appreciative that someone had done some kind of performance about it because it was like someone's kind of saying what's on their mind i, I do think that like kind of mixing that both um well making Mixing those two worries of it both being high concept and um, being about your um, sexual frustration at the time, um, I think actually kind of worked in its favor because it almost seems like they kind of canceled each other out because you, like, watching it, you could actually you could actually see how like uncomfortable you are actually talking about the subject, but because you had um, prepared this um, Bluetooth speaker dialogue, it kind of forced yourself through it, so it both felt like it still had that raw feeling. Um, that I think actually helped elevate um your ability to make yourself well make your way through it. Thanks. Yeah. No. That, that definitely how like because for me um like I often like to talk about personal stuff while doing poems, um but like I do it, I the way I cope with how vulnerable that is is to make it fun or interesting or strange, um and then like because like to me um if you're doing a poem on stage. Like, you can't really get it wrong because anything you do is just the show. Like, no one else has, like, seen the script or whatever. Um, and so it kind of allows me to sort of 
hide behind a persona to some extent that is still expressing myself, but it's like, it's almost like an idealized or like unreasonably prepared version of me that would normally never happen. Um, and so, yeah, for me, like the sort of production angle of it um, is what helps me do it. And so I get ridiculous or loud or weird. Um, but I, I want to mention that, like, because you just said, like, I don't know if I could do something that weird or, or something to that extent. But um, again, part of what's cool about poetry is that you can do it however you like. It's your own self-expression. Um, and a lot of people have very different approaches to it. Um, and yeah. Um, well, we've talked a lot about um poetry um and about your um experience like your experience um I I assume you have something that you uh, want to share for um the audience um as as your first poem of the night. Uh sure. I I shall. Um okay, I don't know if you've seen this poem or not. I feel like you probably have. Uh but it's one of my more recent ones that uh I feel proud of that doesn't involve like a Bluetooth speaker that I have to talk to. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's a, it's pretty much the same subject. It was like a few, uh, well, that poem was more about sexual frustration. And this one is more about like the frustration from a lack of intimacy, which I feel like is a, a fine line difference and very adjacent of a problem, but like pretty yeah. much the same wheelhouse. Um, this poem is called The Massage Chair. <laughs> Look, I like to think I'm pretty cool. Folks like me just fine and my hair is beautiful and I'm full of many qualities that others find fair. It's just... The only physical intimacy I've received in the past year may have been within the arms of a massage chair. You have to understand, I hadn't been touched in a long time when this big, strong recliner glided into my life. I've been on a diet of emotional rice cakes, pats on the back, and lackluster handshakes. That's what being single's like every single day. Have you noticed what the problem is? These token gestures are not soul acknowledgement. Holding someone's hand means I've got you more than the words do. We could still say I love you if we didn't have words to. Touch is so simple. Parents tuck their children in and lovers kiss each other's necks, but no one else gets a hand to quell the fears in their chest lest we overstep personal space. You know, it's just my bubble can be a cold, lonesome place. So anyway, back to the fucking massage chair. Look, I was dubious. Truly, this slapdash contraption wasn't equipped to deal with this freaking man of action. This had to be a death trap designed to hurt me, and here I was putting my butt at its mercy. I strapped in. The airbags quickly pressurized to grab my ankles. I gasped, taken aback by the massage chair's sudden dominance. But then it took the small of my back and lowered me down gently, as if to whisper, Trust me. And then it went to town. 
It got all up in my groove, tracing spaces no one's used in millennia. Plenty of crevices being loosened. It would be intrusive if it wasn't the truth that I needed it. Taking the tension, breaking free of it. Every inch of me making up attention deficit. Ah shit, it looks like hardship is fading. Decrepit starship whirring back to full phasing. Does this sound sexual? I, I promise it's not sexual. I mean, perhaps at best my soul was erect, but that's... Shut up! Look, I felt seen in a way that I haven't been. I felt those mechanical hands on my back say, I've got you. And for a second, I might have believed it. But it wasn't real. It was a fucking chair. It loved me like a Tamagotchi loves its mother. There's no one there. And uh, I don't know what the point of the story was. There's got to be a quicker way to say I'd like a hug. I just feel like there's something there. Maybe a therapist could help with that, but in the meantime, I'll just wish that this massage chair could somehow text me back. The end. <laughs> oh man, that's making me want to go to the massage chair right now. Oh man. <laughs> My back's suddenly feeling like all tight and oof. It's nice, man. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh. Massage chairs. Oh, I forgot They're to mention. Weird. I forgot to mention earlier. Um, it's sort of a in slam poetry world. Uh, it's considered polite to like snap your fingers to uh like when you hear something that you like in a poem. Um, so if I was snapping my fingers in that in that earlier poem or whatever, that's why it wasn't just random background noise. And I was I was just in the zone, just like I. Put it myself there in the massage chair. It was like it was a strange, like that's a real Oz ex- experience of like being like, I I hate what this is stirring up because it shouldn't, like it's it's exposing me too much right now. I mean, I'm someone who has like perpetually tight muscles and just man, what I what I would do for my own personal massage chair. Oh yeah. Not well, that. I, I mean, it's certainly not my own. I, I was um, working at um, basically a secondhand shop. Um, mm. And so, like, lots of stuff would just come in and we'd, like, sort it out into the different areas. And one of the things was a massage chair. I was definitely supposed to be, like, doing stuff and working. And instead, I sat in the chair. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah the um, ones that they have at the malls here, like... um. First off, they're complete like they're they're complete ripoffs. They're like way too much money for a massage like a single session of a massage chair. Also, they can also get a little too violent. I just, I, I, I just want my nice, I just want my back massaged and I want my neck and my head massaged. Well, maybe uh, it's made for someone much bigger and meatier than you are. I mean, I'm I'm not that big or meaty. Maybe maybe I've lost <laughs> too much weight. I need a I need to I need to start going like keto and like running laps in the morning. Like and doing push-ups like off the Empire State Building or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is the point that like you get swollen because you have to run up all the stairs to get to the top, or 
Yes, yes. Got it, got it, exactly. Got it, got it. I was like, well, why I'm does location the, matter? No, but I'm running up the stairs using my hands. Like, I'm, like, hand standing up the stairs. Oh, that's fucking baller. Your shirt has, like, fallen down and covering your face, and you're just, like, feeling oh, the no. next step. Oh, no, who says I was wearing clothes? Oh, damn, dude. That's a warrior. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for listening to my first poem. Uh, it, that's pretty, like, quintessential me. That's the kind of thing that I tend to write. Uh, something that's a little bit of an overshare, but it's funny enough to not matter. Or that That's kind of my strategy. Um, but yeah, the next poems I'm going to read are, are a little bit different, but we'll get to that, as I believe it is your well, turn. I'm excited, because... I- I've I've mostly I've mostly heard your um your overshare poems, um, but at the same time that's probably what like seeing that like um window into your soul through a comedic lens like like I I think there's something inherently relatable through um 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 coping with pain through comedy. Yeah, I I think it it sort of diffuses the the pain a little bit and and lets you look at it a little bit and, and laugh at it. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's cathartic for me, and I, and I think it's cathartic for, uh, for whoever's watching as well, provided they relate to whatever is going on. Oh, moving on to something inherently less relatable. Um, my um next poem was um, it was inspired after it was um two weeks ago when the um new trailer for uh well not the new trailer when um, uh the sequel to the world ends with you was announced, and. I originally wanted to write a poem about like why I didn't um I, I just wasn't really impressed with the game um to be honest okay but at the, uh, but at the same time I'm still like I'm still gonna buy it like right away just so I can continue the story and you know I I just couldn't think of anything and my brain was working working and instead of writing something about the world ends with you neo I ended up writing a story about like writing a poem from the perspective of uh, fucking the main character of the first game on the last week. And it's incredibly cringe and it's incredibly like teenage, like edgy drivel. But you know, like I, I think that part of me still lives inside for the the fact that I was able to, to write this. Um, also the world ends with you is just that I think that good of a game that I don't give a fuck. Can, can I so, just say that like um, it's really easy to feel like what you're doing with poetry is cringe um especially like like if you see slam poetry like in a movie or something it's probably a scene that's making fun of it because it's like it's pretty out there and it's pretty vulnerable and like it's easy to laugh at people um but at, like even before this uh we saw the show for really said some one of my poems is a bit try hard or something like that um and like for me, I think poetry is a place, a safe space to be a bit tryout or a bit cringe or wh- whatever it is. It's real, right? Like, even if it's something that's overly edgy or or whatever, like, there's a reason you want to say it, and so like, yeah. it's a circle of acceptance. Well, I've completely, um, I've completely owned the edge in this. Um, I've I've named the the the, the poem, um, a fan poem from the world ends with you, which is a uh, and this um poem is incredibly referential to the game. Um, the poem is called "The World Ends with Me." Um, the edgy teenager that wrote this poem. Excellent. The edgy teenager twenty. Oh God, am I turning? Fuck, am I turning twenty four this? I'm turning twenty four next week. God, God, fucking. I, I'd be twenty four since June. So welcome, okay. welcome to our world. Yeah. Nice. Um, 
I think it's 24. Yeah, because if... Yeah. Uh, anyways, so this is um The World um, Ends With Me. Um, let me drink some water first. Uh, doing my thing. I'm channeling my inner teenager. I've never played that game. Uh... Oh, it is fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic. The, um... I do highly recommend the Switch version. It doesn't play as well as the um uh the the DS version I I feel, but it has like extra story stuff and some really cool challenge missions. Cool. But it's it's one of those it's one of those games where like the writing it it does edgy teenager, but really good. Like it's it's the type of story that appeals to an edgy teenager, but it's written very well. Cool. Um I mean it's called The World Ends With You. Um, I, I call it the anti-edgy teenager story where it's like, it kind of like, oh, you're an edgy teenager. Yeah, we'll suck it up. <laughs> cool. Um, anyways, <clears throat> uh, if you can tell this is the one I've practiced the most, uh, as I'm the only one I've practiced because I'm terrible. Um, harsh, but okay. <clears throat> seven days to survival trapped in this demonic metallic beehive constantly running away, waiting for my chance to revive Noise surrounding, stress resounding, the voices in my head endlessly hounding my forgotten sacrifice, the price for a second chance, all of it confounding, battered, beaten, day after day, constantly repeating, holding the pin that reflects my sin in this twisted game that I know I can't win. These packs that I cherish, the friends I watched perish, to bring them back is all I wish. I never asked to die, and I know deep down that this Reaper's game is a lie, but I know if I don't try. If I don't try, if I give up, if I lose my will to live and allow myself to fall into hell, the world will end as well. Suddenly I reanimate, the beats on my ears begin to reverberate like an angel's hand reached down to save my fate, and again I know that I will be too late. Seventh day, here I pray as I run through the city, slipping without pity, promise to end this dream, nightmares of society, punished without piety, hoping and spinning like a twister, tearing through this town, dragged out from the underground, by a power once unknown. That's it. Dude, you didn't tell me you had bars! Cool, man. Yeah. Like, even without, like, knowing what the game is about, like, I, I think that that kind of place you were coming from is very apparent. Um... Like even outside of like game mechanics or or, or whatever or or lore, mm -hmm. like just this kind of sort of determined angst or whatever <laughs> uh, is uh it's it's cool. I think it's 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 really clear, and yeah. I, I think like your lyrics actually flow pretty well. Yeah, I um, I, yeah um, so. For those who aren't initiated, um, and I think this this kind of um goes um back to um how like I, I I go about poetry. A lot of the time, what I actually do is I um I, I figure out how I want to start the poem and how I want to end the poem, and I work my way there. Right. Um. So like for me, it's like like so the world ends with you has a lot of like vocal tracks. Um. A lot of like kind of like hip hop ish and rap um the main um rap songs the um the last verse of like my um poem actually like basically rap is just straight off ripping um riffing from the um like the main theme like i i've i changed the lyrics added more uh, like 
I added more like beats to it. It's not like a perfect, but it's it's the same like melodic flow. Right, right. So I I knew I wanted to end it that way, and that's I started with um the I started with um just trying to introduce like introduce the um the concept of the game, and then work through a narrative, and it just kind of came out as it did. I didn't expect it to be that intense. Like when I practiced it before, it wasn't that intense, but like I think just there's something so much different about like performing it than like when you're practicing it. For sure, it takes on a life of its own when you uh, express it to someone because now it's like a dialogue. Now it's like mm-hmm. you know, like you some of the energy that may have already exists in your head before that you're already on the same page of. You felt like you needed to convey it um, when it's coming out of the person. Um, that's interesting. I talk about your, your your process. I think my my way of doing things is that I will come up with like the core like concept, and then I'll I'll come up with a all the best lines I can come up with, like all the kind of wham lines, and then I'll just try and find like connective tissue between yeah. them. Yeah, I definitely feel that with um my um first poem. I definitely wanted to start off with talking about um, I mean, I initially wanted to do like the cold open, just talking about Markiplier um. Uh, having his bowel obstruction and like being trending on Twitter. Yeah. And just because I thought that was funny. Um, just the whole story about it. And then um, I knew I wanted to end it with saying, welcome back to Bros on a Landfill. And then it was just kind of like filling in. I didn't expect it to be like this angsty story of, um, man, it's running a podcast is difficult, but everybody is doing their own podcasts. It's interesting right. how if you give yourself a chance to to write something, you'd be surprised that, what comes out or, or like yeah. well, it's like well i guess this was on my mind <laughs> um yeah or i guess this needed to be expressed somehow um no i definitely feel that yeah th- there's something almost meditative or, or again definitely cathartic about about writing your mm-hmm. your feelings um and you know i when it's a, a poem you feel like you got something out of it as well it's like yeah i exchanged yeah. this for a cool poem <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, that's that's the world ends with me. A poem about the world ends with you. Um, my only gripe with the world ends with you, Neo, is just the gameplay looks very uninspired, which is a shame, given that the first game, like, you don't get more high concept combat than you do with the world ends with you. So like, seeing like kind of what looks like a traditional action JRPG three D models, um for the next game kind of seems disappointing i might be proven wrong but yeah i guess yeah. we'll see I, I i mean i haven't played the original game but seeing the trailer for the second game i was like this kind of looks like just a jrpg um yeah. so i was i was curious as to what people liked about the first one um, yeah no what other than the writing like the first game's combat is like isn't easy but it's also like very like like a high it really u- utilizes the touchscreen for the DS, and it's like, oh, draw gestures to be able to do special attacks, but it all fits within this context of, um, like these like, um, pit like these um special pins that people use to do like magic attacks and like physical attacks and whatnot. Right. It's so, like the whole thing is kind of built for the platform, um, mm-hmm. in a way that would be difficult to translate over. Yeah, and it, and it is weird on the the Switch version because you can either do it like um motion controls or you can do the touchscreen. Um, I actually replayed it recently with. Um, Helen. I had Helen playing player one because I wanted to try out the co-op mode and do the co-op stuff. I mean, I didn't really want to replay it all myself. It was like, oh, Helen can play through the story and I can do the co-op stuff. And yeah, it's 
it's very weird playing a very precise touchscreen orientated game with um also what makes it really weird too is like it actually uses the two screen you're controlling two characters at the same time on the ds version if if you get if anybody gets a chance i highly recommend playing the ds version just because it it's such an interesting play style what a weird little uh like point in time I, it seems like a very difficult thing to make a, a sequel to it seems so like oh, yeah, specific like kind of of its time and of its platform uh but uh it'll be interesting to see if they can make a good follow-up yeah. but anyway yeah well that's why i was yeah, uh, disappointed there was no like sequel in the 3ds i think that could have worked because it still had the dual screens that's but, true eh, you, you know maybe the wii u i can I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh man i don't know how well that would have ran on the wii u let's be real yep that's a bummer. All right. Yep. I, uh, I'll i do my next, next poem. Um, so this is kind of a fun one because I was before we started this episode, I was just looking through my list of poems to uh, see what might be a good idea. Um, and I found this one that I completely forgot about. And it was like, read a, <laughs> it was like unearthing an ancient treasure. Uh, so I thought I'd read it. Um, it's called Echoes. And it's not like my other stuff at all. There, there's no rhyming. There's nothing fun about it. Um, it's just compl- <laughs> it's not very long either. Um, but I just thought it was interesting because it was like a little discovery, a little time capsule. Um, so I thought I'd share it with you. All right, echoes. Sometimes, if a wound is deep enough, it will echo. Screaming for years, but growing fainter and further between with each passing day. Eventually, the wound forgets its name, forgets its past, forgets it has long since been bandaged, disinfected, and healed over. But none of that matters, because every now and again, it still remembers how to scream. And although my echoes are becoming weak and rare and don't even understand themselves anymore, I'm beginning to think I will never stop hearing them. And that's it. That was heavy. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck? I wasn't ready for that. So I I know, right? Because I've barely written anything like that, but it was just this weird little oddity in my collection. I was like, this is kind of... Yeah, like this seems significant. Yeah, um, yeah, no, th- that was, yeah, that was both like, I think it hit that level of both kind of like being edgy, but like mature and jaded at the same time. <laughs> cool, all the best. It's like, descriptive. It's it's like, it's like I can imagine that goth could be like, wounds echo throughout your life, but it also like, coming from like that old man perspective of, the. They, they heal, they fade, but sometimes they return. Yeah, uh, it, it's like an old man who was an edgy teenager at heart. I don't know. It, it was just like um, again, I think it's okay to be self indulgent in in poems or like I mean, having writing something that is has some edges is not like inherently a bad thing. Like, although I think this is like, yeah, tonally very different from what I normally write. Um, yeah. I still relate to it. I'm like, yeah, like 
sometimes that's how it is with like a painful memory. It's like, um, it's like, I don't even remember. I can't even quite capture why I was upset about this. Um, or, or like, I don't know. It's like, I think echo is an apt term. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely feel it. And like, it's, it's also like sometimes it's like you'll have the memory of like what it was, but like it won't hurt. But then later, like you'll feel the pain from it, but it's you're not entirely sure why. Yeah, it's like it's it's funny how like your emotional memory can be detached from the context of your uh, logical memory, I guess. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. I don't know, I I. I tend to overanalyze my feelings i like to try and figure out exactly what's going on i want to be aware i want to know what's happening um but like that's not always possible Mm -hmm. um and so so you know we're often just caught off guard by ourselves and uh i don't know i just thought that was interesting yeah sometimes like i sometimes putting too much logical meaning to feelings can actually like be a, a downside sometimes you just have to be a, allowed to feel and have the support group there to just make you to just comfort you without actually um trying to explain away why you're feeling something yeah it would it would be wonderful if emotions could always be rational and you could figure out their cause and tick them off and yeah. be like done next quest please but uh it's it's often not like that like um and even when it comes to writing poems like like sometimes I'll write a poem about a feeling to try and master it or try and tuck it away and exchange it for, for the cool poem. Uh, but it doesn't always work. And that, that was part of what my sexual frustration poem is about. It's what the, uh, it's what the AI fucking speaker is telling me. It's like, bro, you like, you need to work through this. You don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something, something, I, I, something I've like really had a hard, like I've had a hard time learning, especially as a mature, is that you just, you can't explain, you can't explain away, um, you can't like sometimes you get like the right words, um, to make yourself or make someone else feel better isn't a matter of explaining why they feel that way. It's just say like it's in some ways it's more about creating that experience or the right combination of feeling. Like about so like so to um kind of like put it in a new context rather than just like oh you feel this way because of this so you need to do this to get better. Yeah, well, here's part of what I like about poetry is that like it's it's a way of expressing things that uh often isn't that like super logical. Here's what happened. It's like it, it's often a more adequate way to describe something than with like an essay or or like a paragraph of like here's a here are my symptoms or whatever because like um it's artistic it's it artistic expression is more emotional than and like regular speech is more uh spartan or like here are the facts and yeah the words (laughs) yeah yeah well, I, th- I think even above poetry, something like a poetry slam sort of situation, like kind of elevates that, like, because no, no amount of just writing down your feelings can like properly ex- express them. I th- like, I, I, even like I like noticing, like, as I was doing the world is with you, like, that's a game, like, like um, I don't necessarily think even like my feelings about the game was, was what was coming out through like that poem, but I, fe- I felt something visceral performing it. 
Like it was like something was ex like exercising from my body as I was letting that out. I almost felt like a like a sense of relief, even though um, it wasn't directly related to any of the things that are currently bothering me. You know. Right. Well, I mean, like those words when like when you speak them out loud, it's like oh, now this is like a declaration of like. I won't give in to the darkness. Uh, it, it's and like by like reading it with gravitas, you're like ex- you're telling yourself like, hey, like all this shit obviously matters, or else I wouldn't be saying it with conviction, you know. And so it's like, yeah, yeah. shit's hard. There's it would be easy to <laughs> give up, um, but I'm not going to. Like I don't know. I I think people are meant to no, express think, their feelings to each other. Yeah, I think that's exactly it, and I think. Um... And in a lot of ways, and I do think to some degree this has been this is a problem with the internet, um, yeah. and how social media has affected things. But the the way that we exp- this distant way that people have been expressing their feelings, I don't necessarily know, think has been particularly helpful. Um, like if you're just recording a YouTube video or you're just um, like typing in chat rooms, like it's not necessarily the the best place to be able to express. Um, to to reach that release, maybe talking like maybe like voice chatting is another story. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. When I've had that feeling, but if 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 most people's interactions with other people day to day is nonverbal, how are we supposed to fully um express the feelings we have inside? Well, yeah, we don't. We we make memes about like, lol, I wish I was dead, and that's like the joke, and everyone's like, cool, yeah. and like, but I mean, at the same time, right now with covid it's not really possible to yeah. go to stuff like this but well, exactly I, I would implore some of you listening to this that if you're in a place that's locked down that after all this uh maybe go to a poetry slam you don't have to perform anything you don't have to you can just watch uh yes well sometimes just being there and like being there and hearing sometimes it's not a matter of being the performer sometimes it's just um engaging with that like medium and absorb like absorbing um like living vicariously through the performer well it's cathartic man sometimes yeah hearing what you need to hear hearing someone and maybe hearing someone like voice something that you have been like ah like i could i just couldn't put my finger on that feeling but i knew i had it and stuff like that um but that's i think i think that's a great thing about arts in general is that um i and this is why I, i i will always say that um culture like like culture and art are a necessity like a necessary part of human society yes you can like you can you can break down all the needs aside like people need food they need water they need healthcare, they need whatever and we can determine the best ways to get those but you can't discount how important art and culture is because that's a lot of i mean outside of japan where japan's like main export is culture like that's like a money thing but um cult- like, in a lot of ways culture um, no matter how like what it is, is um very important for our emotional well being and our until like it's one of the easiest ways to spread ideas and like sp- like play around with concepts that we can't normally do in a structured society or like or in a structured world, and in a way it's like exploring worlds that we can't um tangibly touch. Or yeah, exploring worlds that can't exist, we can have a better understanding of our own world. I 100% agree with you. Um, yeah, it, I, I think the idea that art isn't really worth 
anything or isn't useful to me feels very i don't know maybe capitalist maybe that's unfair but like just this idea that it's like oh well it's just like a a bonus whatever thing i think is ridiculous i think it deeply matters capitalists love art because it's something that they can they can sell that has no inherent like um like like no obvious like oh people need this um, it's, I guess, um, art in a lot of ways, especially in the digital age is super, um, like the, the only cost, the only cost is the upfront cost of creation. Yeah. But like once it's created, you can endlessly create. That's why we have like massive cop. Like that's why we have like the copyright laws as they are. Um, it's like just make infinite money off of Mickey Mouse, a creation from over, from like a hundred years ago. I, uh, you know, if we talk too much about like art and capitalism, I'm gonna get mad and forget what we're even Actually, doing yeah. here. Okay, well, speaking of art and capitalism, um, here we go. Uh, we're, let's let's make things let's take things a little less serious. Um, I've um my my third and final um poem is for all of you Genshin Impact fans out there, all of you um lovely people pulling like pulling for your husbandas and the recent banners, um. Uh, we just had um a recent banner with uh, probably like one of the best uh, like best characters in the game clearly best one of the best support characters um and I thought I I'd, I'd write a little poem about him and comparing him with the other characters in the game so this one this is a little poem called um um the true worth of a man uh against an impact poem okay all across the continent of Tevet. There are many ways to measure the worth of a man. Some have charging look. Well, some have charming looks. Some have status and connections. Some, an endless supply of mora. That's the currency in Genshin Impact for the uninitiated. Thank you. And some can demolish the geohypostasis in an impressively short time span. But above all else, there is one thing that matters. Whether they're a four-star or a five-star star. Nothing draws more attention than Zhongli's massive schlong. Okay. Kaya, he's a mal- he's a modest four-inch Andy. Fenty, that shriveled grower is too small to give a handy. Oh my fucking god. Tartalia, you know what that you know what they say when a guy has a power complex. Xiao, highly doubt he is even interested in sex. As for Diluc. Okay, it's pretty big. It doesn't even measure up to the Lord of Geo's indomitable treasure. The King of Contract is unashamed to show his might. For a worthy exchange, he'd bed you tonight. With Zhongli's pillar erect and his meteors crossing the border, to pleasure you'll submit, because he will have order. Oh my god. And scene. Oh, that was that was the end. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for like twenty more minutes of dicks. Well, well done. Another example of of what poetry can be, completely uh, just for the sheer joy of saying something absurd and being platformed. Um, <laughs> and I've written that kind of poem many a time. Yeah, <laughs> and I just. I I was considering it making it lo- lo- longer, but um, I feel like you could. I, I just felt like 
You... I, I I felt like that was the the perfect length for what I was going for. The perfect length um, and girth, yeah. Yeah. I um I love describing a penis as indomitable. I think that's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah I, I I was mainly concerned. I didn't want to. I didn't want to over overdo and kill the joke with um a bunch like it's already reference filled with the game already. I didn't want to be like. Oh yes, there's this thing from the game too that I can compare it to, and there's this thing from the game too that I compare it to. Um, especially since most of our audience hasn't even played Genshin Impact in the first place. I mean, I I love that uh, you wrote two like very niche uh, gaming poems, but you know that that's authentic. That's that's where you're coming yeah, from. It speaks to me. <laughs> yeah. No, Wait, I mean, I'm not gonna. I've often written a poem and thought. No one will like appreciate this except me, and then being totally wrong. And I had fun with both of those poems. Well, I am I am sharing this episode with the people in my Cinoalis server that play Genshin Impact. So, I I guarantee I'll I, I guarantee that uh, a few people will get it at the very least. All right, well, maybe they will have just clicked on the uh, the several dicks timestamp. But uh, if you're just joining us now, welcome. Uh, we're reading poems, and apparently, sure totally to check out dicks. the other poems if that one interests you. That one was probably the least effort of all the three poems that I wrote. So, but I mean, it was uh, fun. There's a place. There's yeah, a place for yeah. for cock in. Oh yeah, in no this, in this video. I, I mean, um, oh sorry. I mean, to be fair, I wrote this entire poem while lunch showered. So, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, like I, I wrote a message being like, I don't think I, I, I couldn't think of anything for um my anime penis poem, <laughs> and then, lunch is like, uh, fuck. Well, actually, what was the what was the exact um message you said on that? Uh, um, you, I don't remember. You said um, uh, um, you said um, uh, fuck. Uh, this is an amazing message. I mean, it. Yes. I was tempted to screen cap it as, like. I don't know if I will have my anime boy penis poem done. <laughs> it's just an amazing sequence of words. Um, yeah. I I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast, but um, yeah, I, I have a poem about how it would have been really hard to dig dick pics in the 1800s. Um, and that that's like the first time I read it, I I um I had this nervous response. You were talking before the episode about um like feeling enthused to read something but then your body is like nope nope we're scared um and that's exactly what that was yeah. or i was like oh this poem's going great i'm enjoying it the audience is enjoying it and my my heart rate is just skyrocketing and i'm like what is going on and uh that's like the the one and only time i've actually apparently fainted on stage um <laughs> that that story never gets old it's a it's a ridiculous thing to be able to say is true that has happened to me but uh, I feel like it's a good character establishing moment. Uh, if you yeah, want to no describe doubt. me to someone else, uh, hey, we had a poem on stage about dick pics in the Victorian era and almost fainted in the process. It's a, it's like it's an icebreaker, maybe. Yeah, definitely. No, definitely. Uh, but if we ever if we ever like make if we ever like make bros in a landfill like a card game or like a sort of um like a cards against humanity, we got like pack or whatever. We gotta be like um. Of uh, fainting while performing a poem about eight, um, Victorian dick pics in front of your girlfriend's mother, who has met girlfriend. you yes. for the first time. 
just now. Yes. Um, well, th- that's that's one hell of an icebreaker. It's it certainly is. Uh, okay, I'm gonna read something completely different. I I feel bad for bringing it up because I wasn't planning to read it, and I feel like anyone um listening to this so far well, is gonna feel really well, like um you know what let on. You know what? If you want to hear it, audience. It, it, be sure to let us know and we'll do another one of these poetry slams again in the future and we and like we can get lunch to read it but yeah you you have to tell us that you, you have to tell us it's worth us recording one of these again you you gotta like you gotta share you gotta you gotta subscribe you gotta comment um maybe post some of your own poems down below the whole the whole stick and shaboodle follow us on twitter um if you're listening to a spotify or whatever make sure to share around get like the only the only way more poems will exist and the only way you will listen to the um Victorian <laughs> dick pic poem is by getting by by letting us know letting the like having our analytics show that this is this is the only way more. if you don't support our brand you, you'll never get those dick pics i mean that poem exactly. about dick pics i mean there'll be dick pics involved too but you won't be able to see them this is this is audio uh, audio podcast yeah <laughs> try seeing all the dick pics I, yeah, Lunch will send me the dick pics and I will describe them to the audience <laughs> audioly. That is a fucking episode idea, dear God. Anyway, I'm going to read this poem before we're getting way into the weeds. Uh, so this poem is actually a lot more related to the um, art plus capitalism conversation we we're having. Um, this is about, um, okay, so I used to work at Subway and I fucking hated working there. I was anxious and stressed all the time. Um, and eventually I was like, I, I decided to quit my job. Uh, and you know, like you want quitting your job to feel rebellious and awesome, but like everyone in my life is, uh, is so supportive that, um, everyone was like, yeah, cool, man. That's great. And it was nice, but you know, I never had anyone be like, Hey, you're making a big mistake, buddy. So I, I, I wrote a poem of that is a hypothetical straw man, uh, being mad at me for quitting my job so I could feel like more subversive it's called the growling i could have received it's actually just like a monologue i don't know if this even counts as a poem but i'm gonna read it you quit your job i cannot believe the flagrant lack of responsibility in your actions today no i'm not angry with you i'm just fucking pissed off You think you're somehow above scrubbing ovens and mopping floors? You think you're above me? I don't know how I raised such an entitled young man, but you earn the right to be a part of this society. It's a reasonable trait. You give the world 50 hours of your blood, sweat, and tears, and pain, and sanity, and in return, you get almost enough to support your three children. You don't get something for nothing. You get what you deserve in this world. All the homeless people, they should just get a job and contribute. But who would hire them? They're homeless. What's your excuse? (laughs) It's an honor to work, not a burden. If you weren't so bloody lazy, you'd understand the pride to be found in a customer's smile, or a clean toilet, or a CEO's (laughs) overflowing untaxable bank account. You stand on the shoulders of giants. People labored away to build this world and died in wars defending it. They suffered. I'm suffering. Why shouldn't you? You say you have depression or anxiety. 
Well, you don't see me complaining about my loveless marriage or unresolved childhood trauma. Just stress eat M&Ms and scream at cyclists like the rest of us, you little bitch. (laughs) If you don't have a job, you won't have money. And if you don't have money, you can't afford a car. And if you don't buy a car, then BP will have spilled all that oil in the ocean for nothing. Do you really want that on your conscience? If you can't afford Nikes, all those little sweatshop kids will be out of work. You want them to starve? So get over yourself. Go make some damn money if your enormous ego can take it. And if it's ruining your life, well, that's what the money's for. I mean, look at me. I'm doing fucking fine. The end. Thank you. You know, some something I was thinking about, like as you started reading your poem, is like, um, I mean, but even before, it's like there really, like, there really is a place for like, and I, and I think a lot of people, um, these days kind of forget about this, but I do think there is a place where like people telling us off for right or wrong, like sometimes like you need someone to say that you're like like wrong. You need a bit of that confrontation. As I say, whether they are right or wrong about it. Well, um, if you're I, confronted, I that, then it forces you to like properly examine what's going on and to make sure you've considered everything. And if you are correct, or if you should do something else. Yep. And like, and even like with like that, it's like even if you are like correct, like even if they're wrong, and you're on the right path. I think sometimes having that confrontation can give you a bit more perspective of what you're doing, and like maybe have you do it in a healthier and better way. Yes. No, well, I mean, this was an interesting, like, this whole, like, perspective that's embodied in, in this poem is something that um I sort of not bash my head against for years, because, uh, like, um wanting to be an artist, like, I just felt so much guilt all the time for not wanting to go down a traditional path, because, um, like, I don't know, it's kind of... Like, the thing that I love doing that I was good at is very easily considered, like, kind of unimportant in the long run, and you should be doing some other thing that is useful. Um, And that, like, I don't know, just the idea that money should be, is, like, a good motivator, or, like, that the world is a meritocracy at all is, like, I don't know. Those are the kind of things I I dealt with. And, um, yeah. I was kind of writing this thinking like fuck you to this like entire worldview not that there isn't any like but it's kind of interesting though like because I haven't looked at this poem in a while and like Mm -hmm. it is like uh, kind of it is like satirical but it's not like the biggest most ridiculous straw man possible like there's some things in here that are like that are almost compelling but i still disagree with yeah. um actually now that you actually mentioned that there's some time like i actually wonder about like your perspective on the poem now that you're kind of working like you actually sort of have like this indie game studio that you're working for and in some ways like even though you're doing artistic stuff that is like within a capitalistic side it is like something respectable you essentially you're helping start a small business with your friends yeah and you're investing time effort and money into this thing that you would hopefully um grow capital from it's a huge risk but in a lot of ways it's still highly respectable as opposed to just um what people would see as like oh just drawing art for with um no direction 
Sure. I mean, that's an interesting question. I mean, because I mean, for for those of you who don't know, uh, I am uh, pretty much <laughs> unemployed, but I I'm working with my friends to try and start a business where we try and make make video games, and uh, you can follow our progress somewhere once we actually update update our social medias. But uh, yeah, no, like I that is something. What I'm doing is something that the person who would give me this rant might actually think is is good um but like okay i think dedicating your life to doing a thing uh is a good idea um like uh, it's the idea of like having a job of people seem to think like either you have a job or you sit around and you eat chips and uh that's not really how i've been living or it's not how i want to it's taken some self-development to actually live by this but um like I'm following my dream. I'm I'm working all the time on creative stuff, working in it with my friends, and um, I think that what's valuable is that one, we're doing something that we care about. We're like, and we're not just sitting around like wondering what the fuck to do with ourselves. Um, and two, we're making something that will hopefully bring people joy and happiness uh, because they'll be like, this is a fun game. Um, I. I think the fact that we will possibly make money f- from it like convenient, I would definitely feel more secure if we're making money and I didn't have to be unemployed. Um, but that's not like what makes it valid to me. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't think I want money. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's not the money, the possibility of us being a business that makes this worthwhile. It's the fact that I'm doing something that uh, I'm doing what I'm supposed to. I'm doing the thing that I'm good at that will contribute to the world in whatever way. Um, and I think personally, I think making sandwiches in subway and a lot of people will call us entitled. Um, and maybe it is, but I think that's a waste of me because I fucking suck at making sandwiches. And like, if I don't, I quit my job, right. And then another person took it immediately afterwards. Like the way that I can best contribute to the world and not be fucking miserable is to do the thing that I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, I, I think something like else to consider is like a lot of the sorts of jobs like at Subway, they're, they're really there for people who need money but don't have the education or opportunity to get a like like a higher paying job or a career. Like for example, someone going and going through college or something, they're not they're not meant to be these long term jobs unless if you're someone who plans on working up the corporate ladder at Subway. Right, which is a but, fucking depressing life. I, okay, no offense if you work if you're the top of Subway. It, like, if that's how you want to live your life, that's fine. But it's just not me. It's like, yeah, no, and, and that's not something that I I would particularly want to do for with 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 me. Like, I'm I'm someone who doesn't um like I guess because I'm not particularly that creative type. I'm very experience orientated. Sure. Um, like I I like learning new things. I like um. Um, overcoming challenges, feeling like I've succeeded with something, and because I've been good with, I, I've I've grown up on computers and technology, like that's sort of like where my career path has gone down. It's like, well, I like learning new things and stuff, and like I'm good with computers, therefore I can I can make money in this field that allows me to learn new things and overcome challenges. Right, and so, my pr- uh, I think that that's great because it's it's like what you want to do, it's what you're good at, and you can make money. That's great. Yeah, but that's but that's not for everyone. That, that was one of the things I I had to learn when I was in 
like when I was in college, it's like, it's like, why is every like outside of some like clear problems with our um with the educational structure of the course, um, I was like, why can't why are there just some people that just can't figure out how to code? It's like you just you just Google, you just read the book, it's like all the answers are there. But in a lot of ways, it's 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 a way of thinking. It's less about like I I really believe not everybody can. Le- well, I think everybody if taught at a young age could learn to code. I don't think everybody like without having that pre-defined um, um, set of thoughts, it will be able to. Like, no, like, without, I, I think without being trained to. Le- we all have certain like inclinations and things that like are in line with our nature, and it makes a lot more sense to to follow the stuff that we can do. And that doesn't mean that you can't gain new skills or or like or get better. Um, but mm-hmm. I do believe everyone has like, uh, like their own traits that they shouldn't ignore to like, the world isn't like a one size fits all thing. I think you have to figure out your own way to live. But that's the great thing about, about poetry is that like it, it can kind of really give you that like inside of like how other people are living their lives and let you see where you relate to people and where you don't relate to people in a very, um, raw fashion. Yeah, well, like this, yeah, this poem I wrote, I think a lot of, I think it would rub a lot of people the wrong way, even, um, like, but it's like, here's just my kind of, where my head's at, and yeah, reading it is like, kind of, it's kind of confronting, uh, in a lot of ways, and like, it, it, it stirs up a lot of, like, ideas of, like, how do you think, like, the world should work, how do you, how do you feel about society, I don't know. Like I'm not saying it's a fucking masterpiece, but like I I think it's interesting how like um like my emotional state like changed after reading it a little bit. I I, I it, it put me back in that very defensive uh mindset I was back wow. I was in because like these days it's... I kind of just operate like well this is my normal and I'm comfortable with it and I just want to make my game. But like to, to the extent if I put that puts you in that mindset. Um, that that makes that does make me wonder if there's still some unresolved things that you have yet to confront, um, like that you're you were able to not think about because you've had things like your game project you've been able to hyper focus on that, but like there's there's still some internal frustration that still needs to be worked through whatever that means. I think what it is saying is that like, um, as much as I like resent the basic expectations of of the like the world or of capitalism basically um i still like i'm still insecure i still feel like i have to justify it and part of me feels like i want to make money from my game but like a big part of it would just be being able to be accepted by other people who don't think the same as me it's weird because like i don't i don't want money like for what money is for like i want it like for status or for ex to to not have to like explain my worldview um which is weird you want to you want to live comfortably and play video games yeah like i just like what i actually want is to be happy and to do the thing that i like doing um and i wish like i agree with where this poem is coming from of like well like yeah of course that's the most important thing but even then, I'm like, even after going through all this character development and not being nearly as angsty as I was about it during my uh, late teens and early 20s, 
I'm like, there's still a little inkling there of like, I can read this and have those feelings start back up. Yeah. Well, I think that is a great place to end the episode. My laptop is about to die, so I want to make sure I save my audio. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, yeah, uh, if you've liked what you heard, we've said it earlier, be sure to like, subscribe, and comment. Like, I, I enjoyed reading these poems, all the poems that I wrote. I'd like to write more for the show. Yeah. Lunch, clear, Lunch clearly loves what he does. There's no question about it. Um, Th- thanks for sharing. Uh, and, this is this is really fun. Yeah, no, and but as I said, we can only really do this again if we know that like people it's watch it. Yeah. So, yeah, like we we play around with the show a bit. We do like we've done like uh, rankings before. We've done other goofy stuff, but it, it's 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 hard to not just try new things when you're not getting noticed. So, like this is something I think both Lunch and I would definitely love to do again. But we want to make sure that like. We're not wasting our time when we could be doing something else um, that could get us some more um, exposure. Sure. So, so please, we, we we really do enjoy doing the show. Like I know I was my first moment was like, oh man, it's really tough to get people to um, to, to to get things organized. But it's it's tough and frustrating because I care about this show and I care about um, being able to talk with you guys, record ourselves, do the less plays and all the fun jazz, and. Like I, I do, I would like for us to be able to, not necessarily be like a million subscribers, but to at least have a small audience of, like, fans that are engaged with us, and they could feel a bit more worth it after all this time, you know? Yeah. Th- thanks, thanks to uh, whoever watches us. Uh, all of my love. Um. Thanks, thanks to Dank Substance for marathoning five episodes of this in one day on that's Spotify. That's worth a shout out. Oh my god, that's yeah. amazing. Um. Okay. Well, I guess that's us. Um, maybe in the I've I've actually got a Facebook page where I post all my or all the recordings yeah, of my poetry. I was actually thinking about like, um, yeah, I was thinking about asking you about that. Like, I didn't know if I wanted to say this on cast, but since you brought it up, yeah, definitely we'll put that down in the um, description. Yeah, you can find lots of my poetry recordings from over the years. They're taken mostly like at venues, uh, so you've got the whole audience situation as well. Um, and yeah, you can see me in lots of different parts of my life. And sometimes very vulnerably. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyways, this has been Bros in a Landfill signing off. Write poems.